Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Home Class Movie Chat. We are so excited for you to be here hey, today. Yes. What? What about the intro music? <gasps> I forgot about that. Here comes the music. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Home Class Movie Chat. We're your host, Kat. And Paul. Who are absolute movie addicts and are glad that you want to join us for the conversation. Yes. Which movie are we doing this week, Paul? We are doing the 1989 movie, Shirley Valentine. Now, oh, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah, I had, I actually, I used to work when I was younger, way back in, you know, in the dinosaur area. I used to work at a video store, and I remember we used to get these bootleg um, videotapes come through. And when I say bootleg, what they would do is the video stores would actually get like a, a pre-release tape, which, which would have a counter on the bottom. So the owner or whoever there could actually watch ahead of time the movie before it was released. So I took this home to my mother and father and said, there's this new movie that's been released. You know, I don't know if you're interested, Shirley Valentine. We all sat and watched it, and I absolutely loved this movie. So when I found it was, it was just out of by chance. Sometimes my sometimes my brain goes, "Here's an idea for a home class movie, Chad. How about we do this movie?" And yeah, I, I was actually introduced to this film by my best friend in high school. And I see, I was I was going to go and buy this one. And I'm like, well, yeah, I could buy it for whatever. And then I thought to myself, "Hang on a minute, I'm sure YouTube have got it." And after a little bit of searching, the entire found the entire movie on YouTube for free. So this is why we're doing. Yeah, it is such a great movie. It really is. It's a it's a movie of it's a really a movie of discover rediscovering yourself. There's- well, and see, and that's the thing is it, and it does. It happens to so many people where, as they say, we live lives of quiet desperation, and you just get into such routines it's like when you were young you were fun you laughed you loved and then as you hit that like middle age like around your 40s sometimes you just wake up one day and realize where the heck did i go yeah you lose yourself you lose your identity you know there are so many people that sit there and go oh you know say say for instance anybody and i'm not, not just saying a guy but anybody decides you know what i'd like to take up a musical instrument they suddenly, people around them go, oh, midlife crisis. You want to suddenly want to be a guitarist or you want to be a, you know, a drummer. And it's like, no, this is something that I was interested. I've just always wanted to do what I wanted when I was younger, but now I'm, I've got the chance to do it. It's not a midlife crisis. It's I'm discovering, rediscovering myself. I was a person first before I became what I am now. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, she looks in the mirror and she's like, whatever happened to Shirley Valentine? I miss her. Yeah, and that's because we lose our identity. We lose who we essentially who we are because we yeah. are so ingrained into doing stuff that you know we thought that we have to do, not that we want to do. How many of us want to sit around and want to pay bills? No, yeah. we don't want to do that. We have to pay bills. But suddenly it's like, okay, so if we decide to pay a bill, we're going to miss out on doing X. So we end up by paying the bill and we miss out on doing that that thing that we really want to do. And so we see that Shirley is really rediscovering who Shirley Valentine really is. She's married and we find out who she's married to. And remembering to. that life is more than just routine, cleaning the house and making dinner yeah. and paying bills. 
Absolutely. So this movie was released on the 30th of August, 1989. Now, I was trying to find out how much it was made for, but I couldn't find out how much it was made for, but it did take $38 million at the box office, and it runs for 108 minutes. Now, I also went down the rabbit hole to find out about the Rotten Tomato score. Now, as we know, anything 60 and above is awesome. Anything yeah. 60 and below is a piece of crap. So Shirley Valentine with a Rotten Tomato score of 72%. And it had an audience rating of 86%, which is very, very good. Yeah. So, and it was filmed during late September, October, November, and December of 1988. It's, I mean, it's just such a great movie. I mean, and in, and if you really, if you want to watch it, please do. It's on YouTube. It's ad-free. It's not, you know, it's not subtitled and it's not cut out in any way. Beginning to end, it's free to watch. So I would certainly encourage anyone, everyone, to go and watch Shirley Valentine. It really is worth the watch. So now before we get started on the podcast, I think we'd better listen to the trailer so we know what we're talking about. So sit back and relax because here is the trailer to Shirley Valentine. Is this it? Have you finally gone round a friggin' pipe? We always have steak on Thursday. I'm not eating shite. <laughs> Muddy, haven't put enough sugar in this cocoa. You go down and get us another spoon. She's only been back five minutes and she's got me strutting round like R2 bleeding D2. Hiya, Wall. Well, what's wrong with that? There's a woman three doors down, talks to a microwave. Talking to a microwave. Wall, what's the world coming to? I think sex is like supermarkets. Just a lot of pushing and shoving and you still come out with very little at the end. The only thing I ever wanted to do was travel. I'd like to drink a glass of wine, sitting by the sea, watching the sun go down. Not a feminist, not like Jane. All men are potential rapists. Even the Pope. Shirley Valentine got married to a boy called Joe. But somewhere along the way, the boy called Joe turned into him. I always have my tea at six o'clock. World exclusive. Joe. It's late. We were at school together. Marjorie's an air hostess now. I'm not an air hostess. I'm a hooker. That's right, Melandra. I'm going to Greece for the sex. Sex for breakfast, sex for dinner, sex for tea, and sex for supper. Sounds like a marvellous diet, love. It's called the F plan. I hardly recognise myself these days. I love it here. Don't I rock? I've got this little dream about sitting at a table by the edge of the sea. Ah, I move table to edge of sea. I make your dream come true. The only holiday romance I've had is with myself. And I think I've come to like myself, really. I've fallen in love with the idea of living. Sherry, who are you talking to? Who, Costas? Just a wall. I'm Shirley the Brave, Shirley the Marvellous, Shirley Valentine. So, no, I like that. I like a lot of the trailer because it doesn't give a whole lot away, but it really shows you um, what we're in for as far as the movie goes. And the movie does open up where we're watching some... um, 
I guess the, the 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 opening is like a lot of paintings about you know this person, and then it transitions to a street in Liverpool, England, where we're watching this woman cross the street going into a home. She's carrying a which whole... ironically was actually filmed, and it's obvious the street scenes are St Pancras in London. See, for a person that doesn't know that, I wouldn't know one street from the other in in London. Although there is a scene in in the in one of the parts where Shirley's walking down of a night time. And with her with her groceries, and that was the street where Alfie was shot in 1967. Yeah, yeah. So I know that I know that one because it had just some distinctive um, architectural structure in the background. So well, I this this film was. actually has a lot of connection to Michael Caine and his film and teams of people that he has worked with. Really? Yeah. Well, that's... yeah, because th- this movie was made by the same team that brought Educating Rita with. Michael Caine to yep. the screen and the film was the second of two collaborations of playwright really Willie Russell and director Lewis Gilbert who had six years earlier made Educating Rita. Uh, see I've never seen Educating Rita. I know Oh it's really good. Yeah, I know my mother and father watched it and they were they were raving about how good it but, was. But so. then again to be honest with you with the exception of Alfie cuz I just don't like the character um anything with Michael Caine is brilliant. Yeah, I must admit, Michael Caine is certainly one of my my favorite movie stars of all time. Um, just an amazing actor, and he's very versatile. It seems to be that whatever he touches, he it really it's turns just gold. something special, you know. And but the funny thing is, I do like Alfie as much as he is so obnoxious in that movie and so dislikable. There <laughs> is still something about Alfie that you don't, you just can't, you just can't go past and like i don't know what it is about alfie i just i like no he is completely irredeemable in my mind really Uh, yeah uh, i just i just no he's just a horrible person start to finish oh okay so yeah i don't i don't like that movie at all so as we're seeing this woman is is carrying a whole lot of groceries into her house and this is where shirley valentine the movie breaks the fourth wall because she talks directly to camera and she's basically saying to us, she's she she comes home and she she goes to a glass of grabs a glass of wine or grabs a bottle of wine out of the fridge and goes, you know, yes, I know, but I I do enjoy having a glass of wine while I'm cooking, don't I, Wall? So we figure out that she has she talks a, to, literally to the wall. She has a long running conversation with the wall. Okay, and... now but now before you start, you're really getting <laughs> yeah. into that. I do yeah. want to point out that yes pauline character pauline collins character shirley valentine sporadically engages the audience by looking straight into the camera as she voices her thoughts and in one case we actually hear her thoughts yes which is a technique called breaking the fourth wall yeah now interestingly the film's director is lewis gilbert who as we just said earlier directed michael kane in alfie which also spoke his thoughts directly to the viewer yeah, he he was, and the th- funny thing is, there's been a couple of movies that I've seen of of Michael Caine's. Obviously, Alfie is one, and Blame It on Rio, which I need to find because I really do like that movie. That's and, another one that's like meh. No, actually, that's that's a pretty good movie. And that yeah, one, that's him having um con- um statutory extra- rape, basically. Anyway, he breaks the fourth wall as well because he talks directly to camera as well. So I, I yeah, and that was one thing that my mother and father used to say that when we would watch. Um, and we do the two movies that I remember seeing with my mother and father are Alfie and um, Blame It on Rio. And I remember when we were watching Blame It on Rio, my mother looked at my father and went, "He's doing it again. He's talking directly to us." So, and I said to them, "Well, hang on. How many other movies have they? Has he done this for?" And they immediately said, "Oh, Alfie. There's this movie Alfie that he yeah. talks directly to camera." So, 
he does do that. So, the, and I like the fact that it is continuity that it does travel through that now we've got Shirley talking directly to camera, but also talks directly to the wall. And we understand that she's going to be preparing for her husband, Joe, chips and egg for dinner. Now, apparently this is not the done thing that happens because on a Thursday. No, chips and eggs is Tuesday. Chips and eggs are Tuesday. What they have steak I, is on Thursday. Steak is on Thursday, and so Joe is, and he's Joe is going to be very upset with not having steak on a Thursday, and we find out why. Now, did we have any any fun facts about that? No, nope, we didn't. So well, earlier, except except well, except that when we talk about the vegetarian household with the dog. Oh my God, we're going there right now. Yep, we are. Um, but I would like to point out that she says that the dog has muesli with milk, and if oh. they're vegans, they don't use milk. No, they don't. But and so they we, could have been using soy milk, but it, it wouldn't come yeah. in the type of container that she had it in that the milkman brought. Oh, okay. So we do see that um, the earlier in the day, Shirley is sitting at, or stand, you know, at home doing what she's doing, and the bell's ringing, and Shirley comes, you know, comes to the front door, and we find that it's Shirley's eccentric neighbor by the name of Jillian. And she says, listen, we're going away for a few days. Could you feed their bloodhound? And we find out. And who is a gorgeous dog. He is gorgeous. Now, we find out that the family, uh, Shelley's uh, friend Jillian, is a, is vegans. Apparently, the dog has to be that too. So the dog gets muesli to eat with milk twice a day. dog. And so we. And then, you can tell he doesn't want he doesn't it, even want though it. the woman's like, "Oh, he loves his muesli, doesn't he, baby?" And I like the fact that when she puts it down, and Shirley is watching this whole thing going on, the dog walks over, sniffs it, and walks back. And she's like, "Oh, you must have an upset, uh, an upset tummy." No, a dog doesn't want to eat muesli twice a day with friggin' milk. No, he Give wants me meat. He wants meat. So now we're seeing that Shirley is coming home. With a whole lot of groceries, and uh, we don't. We obviously re realize that she's got something for Joe's dinner, and she goes over to feed the dog. Remember, twice a day it has to happen. So Shirley realizes that the unhappy dog was starved for meat, so she feeds him the steak. That and the dog is so happy. Oh my god! But she had purchased this steak for dinner for Joe. So Joe, and it's is not like not she's going be... back out to buy more of it either. No. Joe is not going to be is very amused about the fact that the dog across the road got the steak. So now we see that we are back to the house and, you know, Shirley does say to the camera, you know, there was a time when I was, that we were fun. Yeah. Like the, and the, we laughed. We and, laughed and we And it, it cuts to this company. beautiful memory scene of when they first moved in. Because don't you remember when we first moved in, Wall? And it yeah. comes to a scene of when they first moved into the flat or the townhouse and they were painting and they started throwing paint at each other, throw, you know, chasing each other around the room. And he like puts the brush all down his face because paints all over him and then kisses her. Yeah. You know, and they were just giggling maniacally. And it's like, we all remember that stage of relationship when we're like newlyweds and just did silly, stupid stuff like that. And she's like, you know, he used to be this wonderful guy. And then he turned into Joe. Yeah. Joe. Him. And she does say that was, but that was a long time ago. Somewhere in the marriage, Shirley lost her own identity. And now that their two grown children have moved out, she wants to leave, but fears that she's got nowhere to go. And she does say, I have thought of leaving, but I don't know where I'd go. And yeah, she doesn't and, know where she'd go. She doesn't know what she'd do. No. Because she doesn't, but you know, and there, and at one point she's like, you know, somewhere along the line, I lost Shirley Valentine and became Shirley Bradshaw. Yeah. 
and that's the upsetting thing about it is is that and i'm not saying and and i would never give up my marriage at all because my marriage is absolutely wonderful and i'm not just saying that because i'm doing a podcast and i'm sitting in the studio with cat we do have fun though don't well, we we have fun and i so like say, this morning i sent you a picture that came up on my memories and you just absolutely lost it yeah i i loved it but let's see <laughs> But that's the whole thing is that when we get married. I was married, pulling a face in the picture and he thought it was funny. <laughs> when we get married, we go from our individuality to a couple. And there's somewhere along the line, as Shirley is saying, the couple m molds into what we are right now, where she can't look at herself in the mirror and go, that used to be, or that is still Shirley Valentine. I'm still fun and have fun, whatever. It becomes, I am now part of this couple that have now gone into the drudgery that I'm enduring well, right now. It really, it really does happen. I remember in my first, that's why I left my first marriage is I remember waking up one day and like, it was almost like coming out of a, a fog and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, this marriage has taken so much of myself that there's only this little teeny tiny part left. And I'm not going to let him take that too, because, because I will cease to exist if that happens. Yeah. you'd become And I needed Valentine. to leave and I needed to reclaim myself. Yeah. So I did. And that's why I, and I'm glad I did because now I'm with you. Yeah, but that's why we both, both Kat and myself, encourage each other to do things that we actually enjoy. I'm sitting in a studio that has got Kiss everything. There is Kiss um, yeah, it is everywhere. Kiss but if I was to say to my ex-wife, I wanted to do this, the answer would be no and hell no. Well, it's okay that if I paid money to keep the roof over the head, but everything else inside the house was hers. So, well, and that's the thing zero. is, you know, when Paul and I first got together, he was like, I really like this band kiss. And I'm like, okay, I've always thought they were, they looked a bit silly, but if that's what you like, that's what you like. And when we, I think, yeah, we were dating, we weren't engaged mm. yet. And I was doing a mystery shop in um, like a comic book type store and I found this little figurine of the demon. It was Hello Kitty Demon. And it had like the little bow and the little tongue. It was hilarious. And I just thought it was really funny. And I brought it home and I gave it to him. And he's like, I can have this. And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, I'm allowed to put it out where it's seen. I'm like, well, I should sincerely hope so. Mm. And it started what has now become an entire room. Yeah, I, I kid you not. There is not a an inch of space left on that wall for anything else. I don't know how he's going to collect anything else. And the thing is, though, and and you know, what we're saying about this is the fact that I'm not saying that I was not allowed to collect stuff of Kiss when I was with my first when I was in my first marriage. You just didn't want to have to see it or know about it. But I I was allowed to collect it. I just had to put it into a box underneath the bed so no one could see it. And That's I very reason. happily go into that room and go. I bought that one, that one, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go into the display cabinet, the the Kiss Hello Kitty Demon is the one that started the entire room, and I yep. love every square inch of it. And so I this love is it. Where, this is why I'm, we're saying that with regards to Shirley, Shirley has gone from I'm allowed to collect all this to suddenly I have to just be in this little box. 
I am not seen. I'm put under the bed. I'm only bought out on special occasions, but I can't be shown to anyone because. Yeah. And, and a little bit later, the interaction with her daughter really sums up her life. Yeah, exactly. So we're now back in the present because, you know, we've been, we've had a bit of a flashback with Shirley seeing how her marriage first started. And we see that Joe has arrived home from work and, and he finds her that she's talking to the wall, which is, you know, between the wall and the, the viewers. And she says that she longs to have a glass of wine sitting by the sea at sunset. Course, which is a really he, lovely which is, it's, which dream. Which is absolutely lovely. And so as as we're seeing that he is, he comes home and he says to Shirley, okay, so where's me dinner? And she's like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being a little bit late. And he's oh, like, oh, yes, I, I have my like, dinner. At I always six have o'clock. my tea at six. It's almost six. Where's my tea? And she's like, it's coming. If you have it a couple minutes late, it's not a big deal. And he's like, no, I have, I my, have my tea at, at six. six. And she's like, newsflash, Joe eats late. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely I love, love it. This woman. So, you know, Joe is really frustrated that dinner is not ready. And Shirley just says to him, listen, go wash up. Go watch the TV, and I will tell you when it's ready. So he walks out and shuts the door, and he she ends up by resuming her conversation with the wall. So earlier, now we see because she's now because we, we do a lot of transitioning with what Shirley is going. So we just think that she's going from place to place, but she's still in the same room. She's still in the kitchen, but she's remembering everything she did during the day. So earlier in the day, she had a lunch date with her friend Jane, and Jane is, as she says in the in the movie, she's a feminist, and she comes out, Jane comes out with the- She says she's a feminist, and she says things like, every man is a potential rapist. And I love how um, Shirley goes, even the Pope? And she goes, he's a man, he's a potential rapist. Yep. And she's like, Okay. And she goes, anyway, she said, look, look at this, look at this person over there. And they look and there's this young guy just sitting, having a coffee, just minding his own business, not business. paying any attention to them. And Jane says that ever since we sat down, he's been un- secretly undressing us with his eyes. And of course, Shirley comes back with, well, thank goodness. Well, I'm glad I wore anyway. my good knickers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, we find out that Jane um, had, she, she'd written something and she'd won a, a recently a two week trip for two to Greece. And she says, I want you to come with me, Shirley. And Shirley protests that she she can't go, but of course, Jane really insists. And so Shirley looks longingly at the Greek travel post that she's got hidden in her pantry. Um, because obviously Joe wouldn't go in there because Joe doesn't cook. So the only and Joe doesn't travel. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And she also tries to want she tries to figure out how the hell she's gonna tell Joe because Joe, as Kat said, just refuses to travel. He will not go anywhere. I mean, even into the next county he won't go. Yeah. So getting him to go overseas is not going to be not happening. So now I still seeing... want to know how she got a passport in less than 10 days. That is amazing. I would really love to see that one as well because that's not possible. Um, but of course, now we see another flashback and we now flashback to a younger Shirley and she remembers her school years when she's at school and she was wanting to travel the world as a flight, as a flight attendant, which would be a, a wonderful job to do. You know, there are, there are people that, you know, that, uh, that travel all over the world as a flight attendant. I'm not saying that it's a bad job. It's a very demanding job, mm. but the, the, the perks are... Perks are good. Yeah. Um, but apparently she was not as, as clever or as beautiful as her blonde friend, Marjorie. And Shirley was a bit of a rebel who also wore her, her skirts very, mm. very short. Yes, <laughs> Almost did. to the point that you just... Uh, you almost look at her skirt and go, 
why even wear skirts? Well, I have to say, though, she had the legs for it. She did. Yes. That young girl. That girl um, had beautiful legs. Beautiful legs. Yeah. Um, she also smoked cigarettes, but of course, Marjorie did say that, you know, you shouldn't smoke because it stunts your growth. And and, and I love it because she's with her two mates around the corner smoking cigarettes and going how she just hates everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we hear her thoughts admitting that I what I really hated was just I didn't hate anything. I just hated myself. Yeah. Which and is she, a very, very honest thing that most people would not be able to admit to. Yeah. And she also does taunt Marjorie at school, but apparently she really just wanted to be her because yeah. Marjorie and, and was my, was my very... favorite though is when they're in home ec class and Marjorie pulls out the perfect souffle and Shirley pulls out the one that's completely collapsed and a little burned and everything yeah. else. And Marjorie said something. She's like, oh, well, I can. Oh, that's when she says you shouldn't smoke. It could ruin your health. And she says, well, I can ruin your health too. And she stabbed the souffle and it fell. Yeah. But but just before this, though, we're in like a general assembly. Thank you. And that one. Yeah. the headmistress, headmistress is asking some trivia questions and whatnot. And the question comes out, what was man's most important um, invention? And Shirley's like, oh, I know. And she's like, there's no way you can. Now put your hand down. Don't embarrass yourself. And it's like, seriously, you're an educator. Yeah. And then she goes asking around and everybody keeps getting it wrong. And she's like, okay, well, Marjorie, you might as well tell us because we know that you're perfect and wonderful and you're going to tell us the right answer. And she comes up with the wrong answer. Yeah. And, and Shirley's like, you know, I'm practically wetting myself. I'm going to get anointed by the Pope and win four million house points. And, and she's like, and finally, she's like, all right, if it'll shut you up, Shirley, you might as well be wrong with everyone else. And she's like, oh, miss the wheel, miss. And she's like, so who told you? Yeah. And wouldn't believe that she actually knew the answer. How could and you possibly like, know that? Yeah. I, oh, I was so angry on Shirley's behalf. Yeah. I, wanted I wanted to slap that woman. I wanted to jump through the screen and slap her and go, how dare you do that to well, her? And, and then shortly after that, we're in class with Marjorie and Shirley. And the same woman is handing back reports. And of course, Marjorie's is perfect. And we're so glad you're continuing on with us to do your A-levels. And then she hands it to Shirley and she's like, oh, well, obviously we knew you weren't coming back. Yeah. And what was it Shirley said to her? Uh, well, uh, she says something like, oh, my tits till Tuesday. Oh, tickle my tits till Tuesday. Tuesday. And takes and, her, her paper and walks, and walks out. out. She's like, you come back here. And she just, she doesn't. She rips up the paper in the hallway and walks out of school and never looked back. And honestly, if if you if I was getting treated like that, I can't blame her. Yeah, exactly. And of course, at this after this scene, we now we transition to Shirley. And she's on, on the street. She's got a, once again, two hands full of groceries. And, and it's it pouring is it's pouring with rain. And of course, as she is going to cross the, um, the road. Well, no, she's waiting at the corner trying to hail oh, a that's cab. Right. And a town car pulls up and splashes her from head to toe. Yeah. And of course, so she starts to walk away from that corner. And as she's walking, the adult Marjorie. No, actually, she starts walking toward the hotel. Yeah. To basically yell at them. Yeah. And the and Marjorie gets out and she catches sight of her and realizes who it is and almost turns to run when she looks at her and she's like, Shirley, Shirley Valentine. Yeah. And then and she's like, Oh, I know. Oh no, I she know started to apologize and then she realized it was Shirley. Yeah. And Shirley does say, I would know that that those elocution lessons anywhere. Yes. Marjorie. And she's like, Yes. And so we see that we get So Marjorie a- invites her up to get her dried out. Yeah. 
and uh, poor old, she is very um, wet and bedraggled. And uh, so this is when Shirley is is sitting on the couch and Marjorie comes over and they're just sitting there. And we've also got a lady that's that's pouring her pouring tea. Their, their tea. A maid. A maid. And uh, so Shirley I does happen to scene. say, <laughs> she, Shirley does happen to say, oh, this is my friend Marjorie. Yes. Um, she's a flight attendant because she because tra- she was already, and she travels all over, all the, over world. the world. And Marjorie's like a flight attendant. She's like, well, yeah, because yeah. she surely just always assumed she'd be a flight attendant. And Marjorie says, "Oh no, darling, <laughs> I'm a whore." <laughs> she's a high and then class. And the maid, and she's poured the tea all over this. Oh my god, the sandwiches are drenched, and she's got tea <laughs> everywhere. And she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Miss. I'll get another." She's like, "Just leave it." <laughs> and and I love how and and it here's just dumbfounded Shirley. Shirley's sitting there like, I don't know what else to say. And she go, and all she can come up with is a hooker. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'm a all hooker. she can come up with. She's a hooker. <laughs> and so it's and of course, so they they start to really bond while they're sitting on the couch and they realize that each other wanted to be like the other in the school. Yeah. Um, so after Marjorie, you know, cause Marjorie says, you know, I just, I always wanted to be you. You were rebellious. She said, and she said, well, you know, you had wonderful speaking lessons and she like, I hate the way I, I talk because Marjorie is very proper and very, very, very. As, as my ex-mother-in-law would say, she sounded like she had marbles in her mouth. Yeah. It's very, very proper. You know? And, and poor old Shirley's very gruff and, you know, and, and she's just, I mean, Shirley is a very down to earth woman. Yeah. She really is. Regardless of how she talks, she's great. And I have to admit, I love that they had Joanna Lumley in this role. I adore her as Patsy in Abfab. Absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. She was brilliant. And I have to admit, that's where I really know her from. So to see her in this type of role was just like, I had to look it up to make sure it was actually her. I was going to say, Kat and I sat there going, who the hell is that? And, I, and the and the name Joanna Lumley popped in, and and it's like no, it can't no, be her. Yeah. And it, but she she was she was just so I, delightful and beautiful was this in this film. Before Abfab, uh, I thought this maybe. was before Abfab. I'll I'll have a look. I, I, actually, I thought Abfab was after this because I thought Abfab was like in the nineties. So on, this could I'll have find, been. I'll find just, out. Yeah, Hold this on. could have been just the just the the, the breakthrough before she went to Abfab. Well, vamp for a minute and I'll find out. <laughs> you want me to do what? Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. <laughs> You're good at that. Uh, it you. was before because, oh, no, sorry. Abfab, the movie was in 2016. Yeah. Which I tried to watch and I just honestly couldn't. Yeah. Sometimes they, they really shouldn't go down the, the, the it path just, of it TV was terrible. of movies. Oh, she was in Jonathan Creek. I love that. Okay. Um, no. Okay. So Abfab was in from 92 to 2012. So this so was, this well was before, before that. Yeah, this is 89. So it was yeah. way before. So um, I love Abfab. <laughs> so we do see now that Marjorie has to actually go. She's actually got to go overseas. Oh, and by the way, the yeah. the filming with Joanna Lumley, the yeah. everything that she did only took one day. Really? Yeah. yeah. I. She's a wonderful actress. She, she really, really is. is. Um, so now we see that Marjorie actually has to leave. She's got to go overseas for another, obviously, another trip, you know, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. So Marjorie does say to to Shirley, you know, would you like us to drop you somewhere? And she's like, no, I've got some more shopping to do, which I don't know. It's almost like a torrential downpour. No, I don't think she did. I just think she, she didn't she want to put her out. Yeah, she didn't want to put her out. So Shirley realizes at that moment that she needs to find her own happiness. And we really do see it because 
you know, poor old Shirley is, she has lost herself. She doesn't know what it is that yeah. she really wants to do. And, and I remember being able to relate to this film when I was younger, like, because I think I saw it for the first time in my 20s and thought it was absolutely, you know, brilliant mm. and could relate to it because of how I felt trapped in the the hometown where I grew up. And I all I ever wanted to do was just travel the world. But now, it, you know, being around the same age or actually slightly older than the character of Shirley Valentine is like, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. And just because we're at the age that we are now doesn't mean we're not going to we're not going to travel right now. We've got a fur baby that, that doesn't allow us to travel. <laughs> um, but when well, that... now, now, while we're on that topic, though, the age of Shirley Valentine's character yeah. was 42. Collins, yeah. Pauline Collins, who played her in real life when she played the part in the film, had just turned uh, 48. Really? Yep. She was very youthful looking at 48. She yes. looks great. Yeah. You wouldn't say that she, but then she also was transitioned back to when she was younger, you know, when she and Joe first moved into the apartment. So she's, she's very youthful. That's looking. called makeup, darling. Yes, I know, darling, but it still looks very <laughs> youthful, you know. With, so with now, the right makeup artist, I could look 15. Yeah, I know. So now we're seeing that we're still in the, uh, in the kitchen and we're still cooking away Joe's dinner. And of course, Joe comes in. And he's furious that he still hasn't had his dinner. And she's it's like, almost six ten. Where's my tea? Yeah, and she's and she's like, sit down, it's ready. So she places the chips and the egg in front of him and the chips and the egg in front of her. And they sit opposite each other for dinner. And this is when Joe says, What's this? And she goes, It looks chips like chips and, and egg to me. And he goes, Yes, but that's on Tuesday. We have And she's like, But you like Tuesday. chips and eggs. He's like, Yes, on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. This is Thursday. We, we have steak, steak on, Thursday. on a Thursday. And she goes, well, I thought I'd change it up a bit. And we find out that it's not the fact that she didn't get any steak. It's the fact that she gave the steak well, to the dog across like, the road. Well, well, why can't I have my steak? She's like, well, I, I, I don't have it. And he's like, well, why not? And she's like, well, I gave it to the dog across the road. <laughs> and he's like, you first you talk to the wall. Now you're giving away me bleeding steak to the dog across the road. And, it's like, and, and he's I, like, I'm not eating this. And he takes this plate and he no, he's putting his fingers it. in it first. Oh, yeah. He's poking the eggs. He's poking like, I'm it. not eating this. And then he takes the plate and he oh. shoves it across the table and it pushes her plate into her lap. Yeah. Putting eggs and chips and sauce all over her skirt. So she gets up. She's trying to hold all the chips and, and she just lets it drop to the floor. And she opens up her, um, her pantry, pantry door. And smears the poster with egg saying, that's where I'm going. And he believes at this moment that she's been secretly saving for a holiday. And she and he insists. And he's like, I'm he not going not anywhere. Going. So you can just forget that. Yeah. And he storms out. And it's like, well, I really wasn't asking you to go, buddy boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I mean, you know, because he is really he's a real ass when he does this. Well, what, what's, what's interesting is in the. If you go on IMDb in like the goofs section, yeah, it actually says there's okay, vamp for a second. Let me find it because I didn't I didn't grab it. Okay. Well, um, now we see after this whole debacle that Shirley's now going on a shopping trip because she's like, okay, well, I've got to get some new stuff if I'm gonna go away. So she goes into a lingerie department and she is looking for she just picks up some some random underwear and we see that. Shirley's, you know, so-called friend across the road, Julian, is in the same department. And um, she says, oh, you know, this is that they almost look like silk, but someone who knows silk would uh, know that these aren't really silk. And she's like, oh, well, that's okay. But I'm actually 
buying this sort of lingerie. Okay, hold on first. Let's go back to Joe and his steak for a moment. Yeah. It says she gives Shirley gives her husband's steak to a bloodhound at the beginning of the movie. The act of compassion is meant to help audiences sympathize with her, but surely audiences' sympathies must go out to the poor husband who works so hard to put decent food on his table to feed both himself and his wife, Shirley. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crap on a cracker. Come on. I am. People are supposed to be more sympathetic to him. Uh huh. For the little petulant child that he is sticking his finger into the egg and throwing the, uh, essentially Mm -hmm. throwing his dinner across to her lap. Yep. No, I'm sorry. That's bullshit. Anyone yep. that actually would sit there and, and sit there and go, poor old Joe needs a reality check. You don't do that to another human being. Yeah. The only ones that would do that are those that are part of that men's movement. Yeah. I'll show you a men's movement. I'll go to the yeah. toilet and show you one. Hey, don't get crass. Well, that's the only way you get a men's movement. Is go to the Honey, toilet. don't go there. Don't, don't be disgusting. I am. Don't I'm be disgusting. To. Thank you very Not much. Not be disgusting or I'll mute so, you. You can't mute me. Yes, I can. Well, you wouldn't because you'd be have to do so it what? all watch, by yourself. Watch. See, I can totally mute you anytime I want. Why isn't it unmuting now? Okay, you need to unmute yourself. It's not letting me do it. Okay, then I'll just keep going. So, <laughs> And I'll vamp it because I don't have the plot line right in front of me. Don't be a jerk. You should see the way he, the motions he's making at me right now. He's being really horrible. You see, she might have the power of God, but I've got part of the power of God sitting here because I've got the storyline. <laughs> you know, it'll take me three seconds to bring up the storyline. I could do this whole thing without you. So now we also see that Jillian is. Women do not necessarily need men for <laughs> pretty much any reason anymore. Thank except you. Except for dear. maybe high reaching and opening. <laughs> Because I have arthritis. <laughs> yeah, she's a small, she's a small one. So I reach up the high spots for her. But I have a step stool, so I still don't need you for that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so now, of course, we see that Jillian is is saying, "Oh, well, these these underwear look would look really lovely on you, Shirley." Of course, they're not really silk; they're they're imitation silk. And she goes, "Well, that's no, not no, no." One. She thought that she was buying them for her daughter. Yeah, and she goes, and "Shirley's well, not- like, no, I'm buying them for me." And and she wear. pulls up this really lacy little pair, and she's like, yeah. "I think I'm going to take these because I'm going to Greece for two weeks with my lover." Yeah. <laughs> And, so, the, and, and the woman's like, ah! yeah, I know. She's got the, oh my God. So of course we now see that um, this is the day of the trip. She's ready to go. And she's like, and you see that Shirley comes down. She's fully dressed, ready to go. She's in a really lovely suit. And she goes, okay. And she says to us, okay. So, um, you know, she's, she's picking me up at four. What time is it now? Yes. 10 past 11. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. And she's like cleaning her kitchen. She, she is doesn't ready to go. Else to do. Okay, yeah. Of course, this is when uh, Shirley's Shirley's doorbell ring, rings unexpectedly, and her daughter Melandra. Well, we don't fi- know it's her daughter yet, no. so she runs. She runs and puts her bags in the closet so they're out of the way That's just right, in yeah. case. And she grabs um, a house coat to throw on over her suit so she looks from her normal frumpy. Yeah, and when she opens up the door, we find that Melandra, her daughter, has had a fight with her roommate, and apparently she's moving back home. And it's like, oh, and she leaves her suitcases at the door. And says, okay, mum, I'm going to my room. And she goes, So bring up, me some tea and hot chocolate like you used to, okay? Yeah. So she, so she goes to her room and, of course, she demands some some cocoa. But And she goes upstairs to, you know, and Shirley goes upstairs with the with the hot cocoa. Well, she brings the bags in and then closes the door yeah. and then brings up the cocoa. And 
and gives it to Melander and she goes, oh, did you put sugar in this? Right here, be, be Take it back down and get us another spoonful. Yeah, and she's still sitting there talking. You know, and she's just... not even looking at her mother. No. She's just reading. So Shirley goes back downstairs, and I love how she says, my God, she's only been back five minutes, and she's getting me running around like R2, bleeding D2. Yeah. So she runs back upstairs. She goes back upstairs, and she says to Melandra, you know, there is, you know, I'd really love to actually have a conversation with you. You know, I, I have really missed you. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. you too, man. And then she goes, <laughs> Mum, uh, do me a favour, grab the TV. Play school's going to be on in 15 minutes. It's like, play school? Yeah. Oh my You're in God. your twenties, kid. Give me a break. Yeah, so, and and she and so so Shirley's trying to have a conversation with her daughter. Melinda's her daughter's not, not, not listening. She's just reading, and she's like, you know, oh yeah, maybe Saturday we'll go shopping. Yeah, whatever. And then she looks at her and she says, "I'm not going to be here. I'm going away for two weeks." And, and that like, finally got her daughter's attention. Yeah. She's like what? She's like. You and dad, she's like, no, just me. And she's like, well, then well, who's supposed to take care of dad? She's like, well, you'll be here to look after him. And she's like, no, that's your job. And then she's like, you know, you're going off with your friend. And, Jane, she, yeah. and she's like, that's disgusting. And gets out, puts her pants back on, tell, continues to scream about how disgusting and immoral her mother is because she's leaving her father for two weeks to take a holiday with a girlfriend. At your age. out and says she's moving back to her, her flat. Yeah. At your age, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like, I'm 42. I'm not 175, for God's sakes. Yeah. Even exactly. then, if I'm 175 and traveling all around the world, it gives a crap. Well, what would she think about me abandoning you to go to Melbourne for four, for four days to see Harry Potter? I don't care. <laughs> I'm fine with it. i got horror movies lined up back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, and that that's the thing that kills me is, is she also showed us that she lined up two weeks worth of dinners oh, and stuck yeah. them in the freezer for joe and his mother apparently she told his mother because she's supposed to come over and cook them for him yeah but it really so, shows... so keep that in mind when we talk about joe when she's gone yeah it really shows you just how useless joe really is yeah so this is this really really reinvigorates shirley so she you see that shirley goes downstairs slaps the note on the poster to say gone, gone to Greece, Greece back in, back two, in weeks. two weeks shirley Yep. Um, so, so Joe can actually find the poster. So now we're seeing that we're on the plane and we're flying over to Greece, and we find out that Jane has met a man on Jane on the, the man hater has the man hater. Yeah, and of course Jane Jane says to to um, Shirley, listen, when we land, he'd like me to go to have dinner with him at his vineyard, and she's like, oh, okay, okay, at his villa, I should say. Yeah. So on the opposite um, end of the island, at the opposite end of the island. So she's like, oh, okay, I'll just keep myself entertained again you know while you're gone she said it's only going to be for tonight we find out that jane doesn't come back for a number of days yeah she was gone for like a week we find that out yeah Yeah. so and i find it interesting that she just assumes that poor shirley has been sitting in the hotel room pining away not knowing what to do with herself while while, while jane's been gone and is really put out when she, she finds out shirley's made a friend and is going out on a boat yeah. for the day it's like give me a Instead break of jane spending the day with her you're allowed to you're allowed to do whatever you want and it really yeah. shows you that even and and everyone in shirley's life and this is what this is one of the big things you can take of this movie um her husband doesn't listen to shirley yeah her daughter melandra doesn't listen to shirley even her friend her jane doesn't listen to shirley yeah shirley has to listen to everybody else but oh. everybody else doesn't listen to her whatsoever but, and this but, is where we're coming to this part where we've got the the English tourists are, are, are complaining on the the bus. 
But before we jump into that, I want to go back for a moment to before Shirley left, when the doorbell rang after Melandra left, and it's her, uh, or was it right before Melandra right. came home? Jillian. Um, where it was her, the woman from the, the shops that she knew, and she had bought this beautiful like silk mock silk bathrobe that you'd mm. only know the difference if you knew the difference. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I bought it for myself, but I'm not brave enough to wear it. And she's like, don't say anything, you know, whatever. I wish I had your courage. I really want you to have it. And then she left. And I just, yeah. and I thought that was beautiful where she's where Shirley's starting to learn that sometimes people see her in a way that she doesn't see herself, which is really yeah. often the case. And I think it's because we'll see Jill things in bravery and courage in, in us that we do not see in ourselves. And it really, it seems to be that she really believes that she's going off with her lover to Greece. Yeah. So, you know, when she does say, I really wish I had your bravery, it's like, obviously she might be in a loveless relationship as yeah. well. And she wants to have the, the strength to leave, to do what she wants to do, but she sees what she would like to do in Shirley. So it really shows you that there are people that, that do look upon Shirley as this beacon of strength and, and hope and and the, the the promise that there might be something better than just the four walls and the front door. Yeah. You know, which is which is which is wonderful. Because when we actually on the on the bus, we see that they get, you know, they get off the bus and Shirley is just absolutely enamored by how beautiful the island is. But of course the English tourists that are on the bus as well, they complain constantly as they travel to the hotel. Oh, where's the beach? Oh, I thought this was going to be better than this. Oh, and Shirley, you can just see just Shirley is now, as soon as she stepped off that bus, she tuned out everyone else. Yep. She's like, basically, fuck everyone. I am sitting here. I'm just standing here taking this all in. If you want to complain, you complain. But I'm sorry, this is not, I'm not going to be complaining. So, of course, now we see that we transition to, we're now walking onto the beach. And we, as the as the cameraman, are walking on the beach. And we walk past this person sitting to the right-hand side of us under a, under a, um, an umbrella. And we suddenly hear, oi! And we turn around. And Shirley is sitting at a very secluded corner of the beach. And she's Tucked made, away from everybody else. Yep. And she's made friends with a with Greek rock. rock. <laughs> she's it, talking to I rock. Talk to, I talk to rock all day long, but he doesn't understand what I say because, you know, he's a Greek rock. Yeah. He's got no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, but we now, find... before before you yeah. go from there, I would like to, um, in case anyone is wanting to go to Greece to go to this particular beach, yes, the name of the exotic Greek locale in Mykonos is ma made famous by this movie. Is and, and I apologize if I butcher the Greek, Agios Yanos Beach, situated at Agios Yanos Bay, and the location has actually been nicknamed the Shirley Valentine Beach. We are going there. Oh, God, yeah. We are definitely going to Mykonos, and we are going to Shirley Valentine's yeah. Beach. Yep, definitely. And take a photograph of that beach to say, we are at Shirley Valentine's <laughs> Beach. Yep. Definitely. So I love it as uh, the following day, um, you know, Shirley comes down, and she's walking through the dining room, and everybody goes silent. It's almost like Jesus has walked through the dining room. Everyone it, just stops. No, no, it, it's more like the scarlet letter, letter has arrived because she is a woman. By herself. Yeah. And she's sitting at a table all by herself. And she's minding being, her business, loving yep. her day. Of course, we then see that this woman by the name of Jeanette, two very obnoxious tourists come over. And they say Americans are obnoxious. I know. Well, Jeanette is one half of this obnoxious, uh, obnoxious couple by the name of 
Jeanette and Dougie, and they insist that she comes and joins them. And she's like, no, 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 I'm fine. And she goes, no, 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 come on. You've got to come and eat with us. And she's like, I'm fine. And she, and, and basically the woman takes her drink and the glass and the yeah. pitcher of wine. And she's like, uh, I, I guess, guess I, I have, have to go. go. Yeah. So we see that Shirley, you know, sits down with them. And of course the, the, the two couples and another couple, opposite them in the rudely, next table yeah rudely start to joke about greece and its people and also says you know there the is you know the, this is places not like spain well if it's not like spain go to fucking spain then don't go yeah, to greece. exactly well and then and i love how shirley comes back and is like this was created by the greeks this was invented by the greeks this was invented by the greeks including man's most important invention the wheel was by the greeks yeah and the whole place just kind of looks at is looking at her like you're crazy because I, I love the, the, and this is one of the, the facts that, you know, they're, they're sitting there and they're about to have dinner. And um, and this is disrespectful of on so many levels. The the waiter puts down a plate of food, which is, which is. Um, and Doogie's like, what is this? And what the is waiter's it? like, it's calamari. And, but first he says, when he puts it in, he goes, um, Zorba, what's this? Yeah. I mean, you prick. How yeah. dare you say that? And when he says it's calamari, he goes, well, what but is what it? what is it? He's like, it's, it's, it's calamari. It's a type of fish. And my he's like, well, it doesn't look it. like fish. Yeah, my and brother he's like, caught well, it. Trust me, he's good. And he walks off and sure, and Shirley tastes it. And she's like, oh, isn't the squid lovely? And they're like, what? And this is when Jeanette the goes, what? Squid, the octopus. It's yeah. beautiful. And, she, you know, there is. And I love it. Jeanette's eyes just roll up into her head and down. She goes onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> But how absolutely the thought disgusting. of eating octopus. Yeah. So we see that after dinner, Shirley decides to take a walk. Well, uh, hang a walk. on. Yeah. Before we get into that. Yeah. Um, so at one point when they're having this discussion about how horrible Greece is, and it's like, well, then why in God's name would you go there? Yeah. Um, she says at the home. dinner table, when Shirley asked Jeanette where she thinks her jacuzzi came from, in the English version, the British version, it says MFI, but the US version dubbed it to Kmart. Oh really? Oh yeah, because yeah, I would. I would you. Said well, it's me. like when um she was uh, in the beginning when Shirley was carrying a bag from Sainsbury's. Um, I told you that's a grocery store yeah. in London. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't yeah. have known what that would be. So yeah. I had no idea. Yep. Um. So by saying Kmart, yeah, obviously. You know, it made it. It made it so that the Americans would. You know, so is apparently it's MFI is a um equivalent type of store to Kmart. Yeah. So now we see that Shirley decides that she's going to go for a walk uh, along the beach and she ends up at a, at a local taverna and or ta taverna, whatever way you want to say it. And she sees there's uh, a, this gentleman by the name of Costas and he's the proprietor. And she says, listen, is there any chance that you could maybe move a table and the chair to the edge of the water so I can fulfill my dream of having a wine, having wine by the sea at sunset? And first he goes, um, before she said that, he goes, oh, so you don't like my taverna? And she goes, no, it's lovely, but I have this dream. And he goes, oh. Oh, well, so if I, I if I take table and move to edge of ocean, that will I'll make your dream come true. And she's yeah. like, yeah. And he's like, okay. I will, I will fulfill your dream. I will do yeah. that. So you see that they actually have moved. It and to I the, really liked him too. He was, he was really lovely. Guy. Yeah. But of course, you know, as she's sitting, as as he complies about doing it, and she sits there. She ends up by realizing that that's not what she imagined. No. She said she sadly reflects that she has allowed herself to live such a small life. And she's like, and of course, I love Costas comes down and sits with her, and he says, um, "So is it what you thought it would be?" And she goes, "No. What I thought I was going to feel at this moment, I don't feel." 
it's not what I, I expected. And he goes, it's unfortunate that a lot of our dreams in reality aren't what we felt, what we thought was going to be, yeah. that the feelings that we were going to have or what we were going to experience at that moment doesn't actually come to fruition, that it, it really is the, oh, what I wanted yeah. to actually have and what I wanted to feel didn't come about. Yep. So he really nicely, he escorts Shirley back to the hotel. Yeah, he insists on walking her back to the hotel to make sure they're safely, which is the gentlemanly thing to do. Absolutely. Um, And he offers to take her sailing the next day and promising that he's not offering his sailing. And he says... And he, the way he says, I I borrow my brother's boat, I put food and wine, wine, and we go sail around the island. But I promise, I, I not, I know fuck you. I know, no, 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 no. I know. Try to make fuck with you. <laughs> and she's like, "What?" And he goes, "Yes, I, I, I understand it, could, but I, I know. Promise, I, I know make. I fuck promise, with you. I, I know. Try to make fuck with you. We but just I love how, but I love how he goes. Uh, but, but please don't understand. I do want to make fuck with you. But you, you beautiful woman, you'd be crazy <laughs> not to want to make fuck with you. <laughs> but I promise, just sail. So she's like, "Okay, I'll go." <laughs> why not but of course as we're seeing with the, the following day you know Shirley's getting made up getting ready to go and there's a knock on the door and she's like oh holy crap he's come up to the come up to the room and she opens the door and who should be standing there but Jane Jane and, and Jane just assumes that she's been sitting there waiting for her to come back yeah and, and is like, now oh, going and now going to grace her with her presence and take her out to lunch. And- yeah, and we're going to go into and of course this is when um Costas you know, there's a knock on the door and Jane goes goes over and opens the door and she goes oh room service and he goes and he says to Shirley oh you know I was waiting at the boat you didn't come so I thought I'd come up to see maybe well, well I figured we were out late last night yeah. so maybe you overslept so I'd just come and check and make sure you're still coming right yeah. Um, and she's like, yep, yeah, I'm still coming. And, and of course, this is when Costas goes, oh, I'm sorry. After we're gone, you can continue to clean the room. Which was Co- brilliant. Yeah, Costas really turns the, the yeah, table be- because back she to, to Jane. With her going, oh, your room service. And he's just like, yeah, right, lady. Yeah. And so he turns. And so rather than getting upset at her, he's just like, oh, well, okay, well, you can just, I'll pretend you're the maid. Yeah. I love I love <laughs> Which that. I thought was genius. Turning the tables on her. So, of course, Jane yeah. immediately insists that Shirley is very naive and shouldn't go um, because you've got no idea. You've never traveled overseas before. You've got no idea what he wants. And she's like, and Shirley just completely ignores her. And it's almost, and as you said to me, which actually I thoroughly agree with what you were saying, it's like, oh, now everything didn't work out with Jane and the guy that you dumped Shirley for. So now you go back to Shirley hoping that, oh, you know, Shirley's so naive. She'll because she's me. always the backup plan. Yeah. So I can just continue on like that. And, and it's like, excuse me, I am not a backup plan for yeah. anyone. So now, now, now what was funny? So Shirley's leaving. Jane is following her, telling her how irresponsible and disgusting she is by going out with this guy to have an affair. Oh, and yeah. um, so then and they run into Doogie and Jeanette. Oh, God. Yeah. Dougie and Jeanette. Dougie and Jeanette. And it's okay. So first they come out and um, when the film received its British terrestrial television debut, the BBC edited the famous you afraid I want to try to make fuck with you exchange between Costas and Shirley and substituting the profanity for the word love and effectively ruining one of the funniest moments in the film because Dougie's reaction to that is just priceless. Yeah, because when they were talking, uh, sorry, when I think, yeah. Several people complained, and the next time the BBC showed the film, the bad language was left intact. I'm glad it was left intact because I love it when they when 
Costas has walked back surely and they're standing at the gates of the actual villa area. And as he's saying, you know, you were afraid that I wanted to make fuck with you. You see, um, uh, Jillian and Dougie walk past and goes, Dougie goes, Oh, charming. Yeah. They, yeah he walks exactly. Through, like, Cause he captures the, the glimpse or the, just the sound bite of them talk, saying, you yeah, know, you want to make fuck with you. So yeah. I, I love that. You know? Yeah. That was, that was just hilarious. Cause you didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, but what, so then the next morning when they run into Dougie and Jeanette, she, she, uh, Shirley stops and says, Oh, Dougie, Jeanette, I'm so glad I ran into you. I was just telling my friend Jane here what a lovely couple you are, and that it would be wonderful for her to spend some time with you. Bye. Bye. And of course, Dougie <laughs> and Jeanette are like, Ooh, fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, Oh, and you can just see Jane's expression like, Oh, great. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to go back for a moment to earlier when she's talking about her husband's views on sex. Yeah. And she says, But it doesn't go as well as the Ford Cortina. However, in the version that was premiered on the BBC, this line was dubbed to, but it doesn't go as well as the Ford Escort, presumably having something to do with product placement in that time. The film was shown the Escort was still being made, whereas the Cortina ceased production in about 1983. Right. And I also think, if I remember correctly, when you see um, Shirley's husband get out of a car, it was a Ford Escort, was the red Ford Escort. Yeah, probably. So I think that's probably what it was. So, of course, now we now transition to during the day, Costas and Shirley are sailing the island, and it is absolutely such a beautiful... Oh, it's a perfect day it's for it. amazing. Uh, of course, the they sky stop, and the water are yeah. so blue and clear. Of course, they stop in a small bay for lunch, and Shirley says, well, how deep do you think it would it is? And he's like, oh, I don't know how it could go. It could go on forever. You know, it could be that deep. And Shirley wants to go swimming. Which I don't she, think, considering how close no, to shore they were. no. But of course, Shirley wants to go swimming, but she's got no suit. So they end up by skinny dipping. So it's like, okay. And she knows that Costas is going to keep his promise that they not make fuck with you. But, but, but course, she looks at the camera. She says, I know he is going to keep his word. But the truth is, I really don't want him to. Yeah. So And so they end up making love on the deck of the boat. Yeah. And I love you were saying about the fact that the little... Um, uh, little scenes that you know the, the show okay going. so rather than actually being crass enough to show them having sex and this is one of the things that i love about movies from the 80s is they don't actually show the the crass details yeah so instead you see the front of the boat starting to to rock and then you see the <laughs> waves crashing up on the ocean and then they're crashing faster and faster and faster <laughs> and the boat's going more and more and then she's like whoa where did that come from <laughs> <laughs> And he's really like, what? Love. And then she realized that he heard her talking to us. So then she starts talking to him again. Exactly. <laughs> but the waves, the oh, it was hilarious. It was it just it just just the way they actually did it really showed you just some really great editing as far as the movie goes. It left nothing to the imagination without showing you anything. Everything. And it yeah. was beautiful. So they sail back and Shirley realizes that she's fallen in, in love. But as she says to Jane, I haven't fallen in love with with him. I've, I've fallen, fallen in, in love, love with the idea with, of living. Yeah. I've, I I love living here. I love so being basically here. she's fallen back in love with herself. Exactly. Which is beautiful. So now we transition back to England and it is pissing down with rain. And it's cold <laughs> and wet. And, yep. we, and we also see that Joe is sitting in the kitchen talking to the wall saying that he really does love Shirley. Now we were saying about the fact that there was all this food that Shirley had made for, for him. But apparently for his, his mother didn't come over mm -hmm. because there are dishes piled up in the sink. The the counters are covered with it. And so is the table. 
It is vile. It is disgusting. It actually it would you... put it, it, it. It's insulting to pigs to call it a pigsty. Yeah, it shows you just how um, incapable Costas is to live without Shirley. And I remember that that Cat was saying about my ex mother in law, and I, I won't tell them. I would tell everyone about their their names, obviously. But my ex mother in law, she was with this gentleman, and we always used to say that in the event that she died before him, he would end up by starving to death because he didn't know one end of a fork from the other. Well, not just that, but he wasn't willing to get up and do for himself. No, no because he wasn't. I remember what a story you told me one time where where. Your mother-in-law, your now ex-mother-in-law, was very ill and not able to cook. And your then wife actually offered to cook dinner for him. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Mary will make me something. And she couldn't get out of bed. She couldn't get out of bed. Because she was so sick. So so because, because he ended up by saying, no, 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 I will just have coffee. And this yeah. was, and the way that he said it was, he instead of him saying, "No, it's okay, I'll just have some coffee." He was, he was standing near the bedroom door, talking to us, and said, "No, no, no, it's fine. I'll have coffee." And obviously, my ex mother in law didn't, you know, decide that she was going to get up. So then, the following day, when she actually got up out of bed and she was starting to feel better, she said to her partner, "Oh, so what did you have for dinner?" "Oh, nothing. I starved." Yeah. And well, I well remember... this is also the woman who went out to shovel the driveway and fell and was stuck out there. And he never went looking to find where she was. And she was out there for over an hour. Yeah. Also, so. another and also another fact that, uh, that we just can touch on with the, with this couple. I mean, the wonderfully enough, the, the, he actually passed away because that way. He wonderfully actually, enough? Well, because if he was by He himself, passed away before she did, which is fortunate. Yeah, which is fortunate. But at one Not stage, the good that he died. No, 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 no. But at one stage, I, I came home from from work, and I could hear this person calling out, "Help! Help! Help!" And she had gone up onto the roof of the garage to clean it off. But as she, when she was up there, the ladder slipped, and that's right, and she couldn't get down. She had been stuck up there on the roof for two and a half hours. Oh, I calling, thought it was only an hour. Two and a half hours calling Jeez. out to him. And he was in bed in the in his bedroom watching TV for two and a half hours. Didn't even and never even thought to look of wonder where she was. Yeah. yeah. So luckily, I got home, put the ladder up, I got her down, and she walked in to and to say to him, "Do you know where I've been for the last two?" And she, he's like, "Oh, you've been outside cleaning." She goes, "Like, no, I was up on the on the, the yeah. shed okay, okay, and I was okay. stuck." Let's get the, back to the podcast. The answer for him to say was, "Oh, what's for dinner?" Yeah. So that's basically Joe in real life. So Joe is really, he is. is Which is why we have no sympathy for him like that no. stupid person on IMDb. And of course, Joe's sitting there talking to the kitchen wall saying, I really do love Shirley. It's like, well, no, you don't. If you love Shirley, you'd actually be more sympathetic to her. And you also wouldn't destroy the goddamn house with all the all the food that you're not cooking. Mm. Because I love how the fact that before she was leaving, she was trying to, she was running through a dry run of how she was going to tell Joe. And she's like, okay, so the, the white blobby thing on the left-hand side is the cooker, uh, sorry, is the dish, is the, the laundry. laundry. And on the right-hand side is the cooker. Don't mix them up or you'll have. Um, Socks your, on toast. Socks on toast. <laughs> this is how ridiculous he is. And I actually thought her dry run was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. So, But I, in, but, but I, I get that. Him and the his temper and the fits that he pitches. I get her not wanting to to face him and just leaving him a note. I get that. Yeah, and that and that's when he when she does say to Miranda, Melandra, 
that you know she hasn't even told her father that she's leaving, and and this is when she pitches a fit. So yeah, but of course in this next scene we see that uh, that Shirley's just sitting at a cafe, just not doing anything, and we're seeing that Costa's niece is having a wedding procession through the town, and Costa sees Shirley at the cafe and invites her to join them, and she has so much fun at the wedding, and she's at the, at the, at the reception, and she leaves early to, to just to take a walk and to contemplate the idea of not going home. Yeah, she just needs a little time to herself. Yeah, she just and decides, he came in and he's like, "You don't like, like my, my friends and my family." She's like, "No, no, no, they're lovely." He's like, "You don't like my taverna," and she's like, "No, no, no, it's lovely. I just I need a little time to myself." And he's like, "Okay." Yeah, and it's the fact that she's thinking about not returning home. Yeah. So of course, the next day, Shirley tells Jane that she's gonna stay, but of course, Jane immediately ridicules her plan, saying, "Oh, listen, you can't do this, Shirley. You you don't love him." And she's like, "Oh, for God's sakes." I'm not staying here because of him. I don't love him. I love the idea of living. I love the idea of living here. I love the idea of my life. I And she's like, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people go on, on vacation. On vacations. And you know what? All of those people come home. Yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, wonderfully good. But, you know, but, but this is the thing. You know what? And I actually had this where I had a group of friends who always thought that they knew better for me than I did and would just tell me what I thought and what I was doing and never bothered to actually listen to me, which is why we're no longer friends. Yeah. Because I finally got to the point, and this was after I, right after I left my ex-husband, and I finally got to the point where I'm like, I don't need other people dictating my life to me. And Because I remember one time my ex-husband actually said to me, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Nice. And that's what this entire group was doing. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I yeah, really I don't, don't need this. I don't need you to live my life for me. I can do that. And, and I thought it was interesting that I basically stood up to them and said, no, I have the right to make my own choices. And you do not automatically know what is best for me. And that was when several of them actually decided that they weren't having anything more to do with me. And I loss. was like, I'm okay with that. They their loss. Yeah. So of course now, because now we realize that Shirley realizes that she's got to go back, and we see her go to the airport the next day. And I and I said to you, yeah, she lets Jane bully her. Yeah. So Jane really bullies her into leaving. And of course, when she gets to the airport, Shirley realizes that she just can't get on the plane. But it doesn't really matter because you see that. Jane is the first one at the counter to check her ticket in and she puts her, her bags on the conveyor belt. You see Jane walk through the security. She's, she doesn't even Well, actually, Shirley's, Shirley's even Shirley there. Shirley checked her bag before Jane did. She just couldn't bring herself to walk through security. Yeah, but the, you see that Jane takes the lead and Jane just walks you know, away. And it's almost like, well, why am I even with you, Jane, if you're not even concerned about whether I'm actually here or not? And that's one of the, the things that I find interesting is that Jane is so preoccupied with her own life and the way that she is, like, as I said, when she meets the guy on the it's plane. Like, it's like everyone in her life is a narcissist. Yeah, because Jane had met this guy on the plane. It all was working wonderfully. So piss off Shirley. Oh, by the way, it didn't work out well. So I'm kind of going back to you, Shirley. Are because we going to go just home? Been sitting there waiting for me anyway. Yeah. And we're going to go home. So I'm going to go and, and get myself settled. And I don't give a shit whether you come or not. So this is where we see that Shirley just, she just can't, she just can't do it. So we see that Shirley then rushes back to the to the taverna because, you know, she obviously she wants to just stay there. And she finds that Costas is seducing another woman with, with the, the exact, exact same line. line. <laughs> I, I, and then I, he I looks up and he sees Shirley and he's like, uh-oh. And Costas, yeah, he is really shocked that Shirley's back. But and, and I do think he had genuine affection for her. I yeah. really do. 
But I love how Shirley goes, I, I haven't come back for you, Costas. I've come back for a job. I want to like, run the Traverna. Well, and she says, because you spend so much time on your brother's boat. you know, Somebody so- needs to keep this place going. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Costas does say, um, listen, um, I've got to go to Athens because uh, he tells us his, uh, Shirley that his older sister is sick. No, no, and- no, 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 no. No? No. Okay. No. Um, what happens is we now see that uh, Shirley is working there and basically managing the place and being a waitress and everything else. And actually, we, you you jumped over before they went to the airport the day before the airport. She was at the Taverna thinking and talking to herself about going. And this couple came in and asked her for two cups of coffee. And so she goes and gets the two cups and she's having a conversation about the wall, about whether or not she should stay or go. And they, she turns around and the people have gone because they think she's crazy. <laughs> That's right. And, and I love Costas comes in and goes, who are you talking to? And she goes, the wall. The wall. And she offers him the cups of coffee. And of course he goes, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so she, so she's running the place and there are British um, people oh, there and yes, they're I like, Oh, well, what's this on the menu and what's that and whatever. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. And she's like, it's not on the menu, but would you like some chips and eggs? And they're like, Oh yes, please. <laughs> and, you know, so and, she's and doing this really well, of, doing we all this of this. Second time as well. So then she gets a phone call and it's Joe and he starts yelling at her of how dare you do this to me. You come home and be proper and get back into the routine and basically shove you back into your box where you were laughing stuck at work and she hangs up on him, which I would do. Yeah, I would too being treated like that. Yeah. And then we see another one of where he's at work and the son is there. Now she had visit now earlier in the film, she had visited him in this kind of, what looks like a bombed out building where he's squat and you know and and he's decided that he's becoming a poet (laughs) and and he's a lovely lovely soul he's got great intentions but yeah but anyway he's now at his dad's business at his factory and he's like just call or just you know whatever and he's just trying to convince his dad is like you love her, she loves you, but you need to accept her for who she is. Yeah. Not what you think she should be. And his dad basically tells him to bugger off. But we do um, see after this this um scene, we see that Joe ends up going to because he knows that Shirley's coming back. Oh, yeah. So and we see he him goes at the airport. The, it was like eight different things of flowers. Yeah. And Jane comes with the luggage on a cart. She doesn't say a word. Dumps it just in. just pulls. Um, Shirley's suitcase off, puts it in front of Joe and walks off. <laughs> and he's like, what, what the? the? And it's, of course, it's at this stage that he starts calling incessantly. And that's when he starts calling her and she just keeps hanging up on him and, he's, and he rips the phone out of the thing and then he calls her from work because the phone doesn't work and all this stuff. And and he, and he and, oh, that's right. Um, the son says, well, just go to her. And he's like, go to Grace. Are you crazy? But of course, uh, it's after this scene that we see that Shirley gets a telegram at the Traverna and she opens the, the letter up and we find out that it's a telegram to say, guess what? Joe's on his way. And she yep. goes, oh, and she reads it in front of Costa and she and she goes, oh, and he goes, what is it, bad news? And she goes, no, Joe's coming to try and drag me back home. And he's like, oh, by the way, I have to go to Athens. My sister, she's <laughs> really ill. <laughs> okay, yeah, Because he says, thinks Joe's going to try and kill him. Yeah, because he says, well, when is, she, when is he coming? She goes, oh, Friday. Friday. And he goes... Oh, Friday. This Friday. Friday. That's that tomorrow. 
And she goes, yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, and this is a, as as Kat says that she that he has to go to Athens suddenly. <laughs> suddenly, so, his sister very ill. <laughs> yeah, so she allows him to go. So um, Shirley is really she is really enjoying her new life, and um, so Joe does arrive in Greece, and she's preparing for his arrival. She sets up a table by the ocean with two with glasses two chairs, of wine, with two, two chairs, chairs, two glasses, of wine. two glasses, and a pitcher of wine. And she puts she puts on she's got her sunglasses on and she sees him walking down from where she's been staying at the at the um the where apartment. the bus let, let him off and yeah. he's carrying his suitcase and he's walking down and and he walks and he sits down on his suitcase at the beach so you know it would be for anybody it would be just let me have this moment so I can sit and just really take this in but you see him as like oh, for God's sakes I'm here so he picks up his suitcase and she puts her sunglasses back on and he walks to her. And past her, and then she turns around because he and she's smiles like, at her. He smiles at her, and he, he he just thinks she's just oh, just a lady just sitting and, there. And and she turns around. She takes off her glasses, and she's like Joe. And he turns around. He's like, Oh my I god, I didn't even. Okay, now understand. Her hair has been um, straightened. Think Susan Boyle when she was first on England's yeah. Got Ta- Britain's Got Talent. Very curly and wild, and now it's straightened and it's in a really lovely flattering cut and she just looks so sophisticated she looks like she's lost weight she looks yeah oh amazing. yeah she's definitely lost weight you know she looks like she's thriving yeah and he joe turns around and he's like i didn't even recognize you yeah and she's like well come on and sit down and that's but one of the in, one of the interesting things about that scene before we go actually one of the scenes before we got to that scene is that when she's reading the um when she's reading the telegram she and Costas walks away. She goes, I, I really hope that he stays for a while. He needs a holiday. So yes. we already see that Shirley is not going to go back regardless of whatever no. Joe says. So when we see them sit down together and they're starting to have their wine um, and we, they're watching the sunset and this is when the movie then transitions to black and that's the end of the movie. We were both Kat and I were sitting there trying to work out. Do you think that, that, that Joe and Shirley would either get back together or whether she would leave to go back to go back to England. My, I've got my thoughts of it. What do you think? No, you go ahead first. My thoughts would be that no, she wouldn't. My thoughts would be that she would not deny herself to go back and to be put back into the box. And I said to you when I was getting into bed last night, the fact is that he would probably say all the right things, do all the right things to get her home. And then eventually it would then. And then when he thought she was settled in, he'd relax and go back to what he used to be. Yeah. Now I I lived that for six years. I don't think that Shirley would be able to afford to go back to Greece again, unless she put away a small amount of money out of the housekeeping. It could take her for ages to get back to Greece. Now with whatever, what she's got right now, she's got a job. She's got a place to live. She is in her element. She is thriving in this element. And she does say to Costas, and even if she said this to Jane, um, both her kids are growing up. They don't need me anymore. I'm not needed in their life anymore. Well, she actually said at one point, if I didn't go back, would anybody, would they they even miss me? They might notice I was gone, but no one would miss me. Exactly. So my theory about And the only reason her husband did is because she wasn't there to do for him. Yeah, she wasn't there to cook for him. So in his selfishness, he would say, do the right things, say the right things, act the right way until she's home and she's locked up back in her suburban life again and go, oh, yeah, by the way, I want me dinner at six o'clock. Oh, I want you to clean this. Oh, I want you to go grocery shopping. And it's like, wow. So now I've gone from not knowing who Shirley Valentine is 
to becoming Shirley Valentine, now back to what I used to be again, which You're is going the back to Shirley life. Bradshaw. I'm sorry. So my theory is that she would say to to cost she would say to Joe, you know, our Mary, and she does say in the early part of the movie, I know he says he loves me, but I don't think he means it. So well, he does in his way. Yeah, but not as in the much way that Shirley needs. Able. Yeah, but Shirley needs more. So yeah. I think in this regard, I would say that she would sit there and say she wouldn't go back. Yeah, as as much as I would like to see them work it out, I think they've just become two very different people. Very much so. And there, and I think it would be better for him to be set free to find the kind of woman who wants the life that he has to offer. Because there yeah. are women out there that that's all they want. Yeah. That just you wants know? to be the, um, the housewife. Yeah, There's nothing I'm, wrong with that. No, there, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I heard no. so yeah, that. Yeah, so on a scale of zero to no, five. No, we're not going to do that yet because there's more trivia. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's the last thing we do. Right. Okay. So there's a few things that I wanted to talk about a little bit about the show, the movie itself. Okay. So it started out as a play, a one-woman play called Shirley Valentine by Willie Russell. And the actress played... And, and it actually, it was Pauline Collins on Broadway, and she reprised the role for the film. I'm glad she did. She was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think there's anyone else that could play her properly, to be no. honest with you. And she played all the voice. She played the title character and voiced all the other characters. But for the film, they were fleshed out and cast with other actors. But all the speaking parts for roles on stage had been voiced by Shirley Valentine during one long continuous monologue. Really? Yeah, I know, right? I like um, that. Cher was the studio's top choice for the role of Shirley Valentine. Cher. Which Seriously. Would been, which would have been interesting, but it wouldn't have been right because obviously she's not British. Um, their other choice that I think actually could have pulled it off was Tracy Ullman. Uh, because right. she is British. She's that kind of um, lower class comedy and she probably could have done well enough but I still think Pauline Collins was the perfect choice but I also find it interesting that Harvey Fierstein also wanted the part the I mean I, I like the I mean I, I do understand there were different choices in the movie for Shirley mm -hmm. but there's something about Pauline Collins that you just cannot dislike I know she she's so just, likable yeah, of, as yeah. Shirley she's so every woman she really is and she, that's and that's that the person. thing that Cher and Tracy would not have been able to pull off. Cher, I don't know why they, they would even consider Cher, her. I think just because she was a name. But Tracy Ullman has the comedic timing and she could have brought a lot of really wonderful gifts to the role, but she's not but she's a little too sharp. She's not that yeah. softer every And she woman. wouldn't have been as likable as Shirley. No. Something about now, Shirley. this was the breakthrough film role for Pauline Collins and was her only Oscar nominated performance. But going back to the original Broadway production, it opened at the Booth Theater in New York on the 16th of February, 1989. And after eight previews where it ran for 324 performances until the 25th of November, 1989, the production received two Tony Award nominations in 1989, including Best Play and Best Actress in a Play and one for Best Actress. Get this. It just gives me chills. The Tony was presented to her by Steve Martin. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. that it's is like what really an wonderful. honor, right? That's a very big honor. 
So she originated the role of Shirley Valentine in the original West End run of the play at the Vaudeville Theater in London in 1988. The production was produced by Bob Swash and directed by Simon Callow. Previously, the play had premiered in, a ni- in 1986 in a production produced by the Liverpool Everyman Theater, directed by Glenn Walford and starring Noreen Kershaw as Shirley Valentine. So Pauline Collins did win the Oscar nomination and a Golden Globe nomination and won the BAFTA for playing Shirley Valentine. On stage, she won the Olivier Award for the London production and nominated and won the Tony for the Broadway production. The movie was nominated for two Academy Awards for Best Actress, Pauline Collins, and Best Song, The Girl Who Used to Be Me, but the film failed to win the Oscar in either category. Oh, that's a shame. So two more quick little things. Yeah. And this is okay. And these are my two absolute favorite bits of trivia about this. Okay. Okay. To prom- and I want, and the first one, I want to see if I can find it. Okay. So here's, here's your mission. Should you choose to accept uh, Okay. Here we go. Because Paul can find anything. <laughs> no, I can't. To promote the film, uh-huh. a promotional brochure featuring a number of Shirley Valentine's aphorisms was produced. It was called The Wit and Wisdom of Shirley Valentine. Okay, so I gotta write that down. The wit and wisdom. The okay. wit and wisdom of Shirley Valentine. It's a little little brochure. Okay. And my absolute favorite piece of trivia about this is according to author Adam Helliker, it is the favorite film of the late Queen Elizabeth. Oh, really? Oh, yep. that is that is wonderful. It was her favorite movie. And and knowing that and thinking on that, it makes me wonder. Did she ever feel trapped in her life? Thank you. I was about and to wish say that. that she could reclaim the girl that she used to be wow. before her father died. That is so close to home. For you to identify that strongly with a movie and that being your favorite movie and she and being the fact that she was the queen. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's that's very telling. You got to wonder. That, yeah. That's very telling wonder. in that bit of uh, bit of trivia. Yeah. So on a scale of zero to five movie reels, zero being how do I get the last 108 minutes of my life back to five? It was a perfect movie and I would watch it all over again. What would you give this movie? This is one of those incredibly rare perfect fives for me. Me too. Five out of five. Yeah, I just I adore this movie so hard. I very strongly recommend anybody listening to this podcast who wants to go and watch this movie Go onto YouTube, um, type in Shirley Valentine. There are two movies. You're looking for the second one, with which is actually the movie poster of her face looking directly at you. That is the full movie. It's shot um, very, very well. It's not run off anything. There is another Shirley Valentine movie. Um, it's the same movie, but the person that had dubbed it had forgotten to start the, the, um, the sound until you see her walking in the door. So you don't get to hear any of the, the nice um, opening music to it. So go for the second one. It's the one with her looking directly at you um, with a red poster saying Shirley Valentine on it. But yeah, so that it, it is just my favorite movie. Yeah. Um, now, how can people find us? You can find us at, at our website at, at hello. Sorry. Hello at home class movie chat. No, that's email, honey, not website. Oh, whatever it is. How Hello at homeclassmoviechat.com. Home 
that's how you're going to um, get in touch with us. And as I said last week, I think I said last week, if mm-hmm. you want to get in contact with us and you want us to do a movie or recommend a movie to us to do, please reach out to us at hello at homeclassmoviechat.com and email us there and give us your recommendations of a movie that we'd like to do. And we will definitely sit down, watch it, and we will make that as your movie for, for the um for our podcast so as i said we can come up with so many movies next week i think we've got um cocktail from uh, tom cruise yep. so um we've got that movie but we can come up with all movies uh, as we go along but we're happy to do pretty much any genre except yeah. porn <laughs> there's not much uh well there's no plots to porn. to porn no it's basically uh you want to? Yeah. Well, waka, 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 I could I, I could just find some smart ass going oh hey let's do you know debbie does tell us well, the storyline of Debbie does Dallas is she goes to Dallas and does people. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but bonus, yeah. bonus review for you there. There's the bonus review of Debbie. Does Minus Dallas. five stars. <laughs> but you know, if you want us to movie reels, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but if you want us to do uh, you know, any movie that you recommend to us, we would love for you guys to reach out to us at hello at home. Well, sorry, and homeclassmoviechat.com. And if you yeah. have a favorite movie that you would love to review and talk about with us. Let us know, and we'll definitely think about. We'll definitely look at having you on the show. Yeah, so we could actually all watch it. Like you know, obviously we could watch it in separate times, and then get on the uh, the podcast, and we can sit and have a bit of review of a review over Zoom. It would be fun. That'd be fantastic. Okay. So we are done for today. We Thank are. you for hanging in there with us. We hope you enjoyed this uh, review of Shirley Valentine, and make sure to grab your drinks and your popcorn and your candy, and we'll see you at the movies. See you later.